0: awesome yeah thanks again man sorry for being late
1: yeah no worries yeah i appreciate oh you doing goodness.
0: this ah, the boards
1: oh thank you yeah just a total fun board and then snowboard that i got i haven't even ridden it yet to be honest with you but oh yeah got to decorate the wall somehow you know
0: Amen. Amen.
1: is that one of your pictures in the background i'm assuming
0: yeah, so this is called Offshore. Uh, this is the one I have. I have... Um, this one's listed for sale, but this is a Point Jeter Lighthouse right in the back, but it's what I keep on all my work Zoom calls.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's Point Judith?
0: <laughs> yeah, Point Judith Lighthouse. You ever surfed yeah. down there?
1: I have not. I've done basically just Narragansett Beach and Second Beach, but... I learned to surf down in Montauk in New York because I spent like a summer down there. and That's where I kind of picked up on it.
0: Right. I've heard awesome things. I personally haven't been down there, but I was actually just talking with a guy that was purchasing photos yesterday. And, uh, you know, when you meet someone, you just kind of hash out different things. And he was saying Montauk is, uh, is amazing. So it sounds yeah.
1: like it. Yeah, it's a cool spot. I, I recommend it. So I was doing some research and looks like you were raised in Boston, but then you moved down to Narragansett after that.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was born in Boston, but uh, pretty much grew up in Rhode Island uh, my whole life. Um, uh, lived in Providence for a little bit, but uh, have okay. been down uh, down in Narragansett, spending summers there, and then have lived here full-time since... Like I think it was oh two, so two thousand two. So I went to okay. like remove summer of two thousand two. So then that means going into third grade was the first uh, first like school system at Narragansett. And then I went elementary, middle high school, and then uh graduated from Narragansett High School.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not sure if you guys believe. Uh, let me think. Well, I went to Situate. I don't think we ever like played Narragansett with anything, really. I could think of.
0: Well, maybe did you play? What sports did you play? Well, I mean, I'm probably I'm probably older than you by quite a bit, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, up? I
1: graduated high school in 2010, so I'm 30 this year.
0: Oh no, so I'm actually a little bit younger then, than pre- Oh really? So, uh, I do play lacrosse. I'm, i graduated 2012, so. Okay. Um, but that's a rare that's a rare thing cool we're, <laughs> we're in it i'm, yeah. like I'm um, old so you get it um but no i think i maybe in lacrosse but i don't know i i don't i guess yeah. so far
1: I played across I was a face off mini
0: yeah well i might have missed i started my junior year so then I guess we might have played maybe for sure yeah. that'd be crazy if we did right what a small world but i, I wouldn't would doubt it here in the east coast never mind just rhode island man right you know you know the deal so yeah how did you get i mean i don't know if you want to ask but how, i'm curious how did you get into the podcasting thing because it's uh, awesome love the name yeah. too. It's <laughs>
1: appreciate it yeah uh it's gone through actually a couple name changes but it started well, a long time ago, I want to say 2018, I did just one Was sitting in my bedroom uh, when I was still living in Rhode Island. I was living in Johnson at the time at a friend's house. And I was like, I, I was just working a dead end job, just doing sales. I was like, I need to do something creative. because I've done photography kind of like, I say freelance it was more like for fun and it's like helping out friends and stuff. But I needed like something else to do. So I just did a podcast. And I slowly realized, like, well, I'm not that entertaining or exciting to really start a whole, like, series after. So I kind of just threw the idea away. And then COVID hit. And I was just like, damn, like, I'm, like, bored. And I miss, like, talking to people. So I was just, like, listening to Joe Rogan. And I was just like, you know, it would be cool if just, like, I could do this with, like, small businesses, especially since during that time like they were like struggling a lot to get like uh customers and making money so i like it'd be cool to kind of do something and like help promote smaller businesses and kind of like get the talking and i knew there's plenty of people who were doing their own thing so it kind of started like that and snowballed into what it is now so just been having a blast doing it
0: chaos into uh correction that's good man that's awesome that's a really cool like that makes a lot of sense I'm the same type of way I gotta uh, when I'm not COVID was rough man that was yeah. like I've never experienced anything like that and I mean of course not. Oh, poor but- me. <laughs> the, whole, the whole world did but uh I think a lot of us like you both you and me there are a lot of other people that are just like us and kind of need that that extroverted sort of just like interaction with people and uh that was a dark place man i remember playing i thank god for call of duty Warzone. but finally after i was like dude i i gotta like do something with my life i'm like i feel like a bum it's called like intrinsic motivation and something that we both have i guess where uh i could not just stare at my tv screen for like another day or like computer just you gotta you gotta do something life life goes too fast to kind of kind of waste that but
1: I, mean, I had like a double whammy because I had just recently at that time moved to Phoenix, Arizona. So I didn't have anyone to any houses I could even go to and hang out with friends. So I was just literally just me and my dog in my apartment. So I'm like, I'm so happy I moved here, but like, I had no one to like really to chill with. No, not, I've it's going to be crazy, but I'm like a nomad. Now I'm in South Carolina.
0: Wow, cool. What part of yeah. South Carolina?
1: uh it's a small town called bluffton it's like right outside hilton head so hilton yep. head savannah georgia i'm like squ- square in the middle of those two
0: nice that's pretty cool How are you yeah. liking it? That's good
1: i love it here uh my girlfriend brought me here with her job but i think we both like this place enough Like, okay i think we're done kind of jumping from place to place so this is this is it it's nice being back on the on the feel, East
0: Coast. I feel horrible that you were in Phoenix and I'm like here in my hometown, like you know, like I'm like this just sucks. Like, oh my <laughs> god! Congrats to you for uh, in the storm and through it. That's big.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's I mean, there's good things that came out of it besides the podcast. That's when I also met my girlfriend then too. We were both. That's awesome. Like, I've never been like the whole like dating app type of person, but I was like, well. Even if I get someone to talk to, that's cool. And we're both like on the same boat. And
0: Which one, and, Hinge?
1: Yeah, that one. And...
0: Dude, I am my girlfriend right now that I'm, I'm living with. She, I met her in LA, but it was on Hinge. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, we literally were like, we were talking. Like I got booked out with a client to go to Utah. So like first date, I had to bail. And I was like, oh, great. How do I go and like, just tell her I'm going to Utah. I don't know when I'm going to be back. She took it super well. The, the key word was like send me photos. And I was like, let's go. And uh <laughs> so I knew I could keep keep contacting her. And then um uh we got uh I got back and we had a great like date and then we had just been like taught or it was actually before I went and picked her up on for like our first date and we were talking about something and she like screenshotted me, not like her direct location, but like the vicinity, like you know where the little blue dot is, like it could be yeah. anyone venice california and uh i was like get out i lived two blocks away like dude me and two buddies moved out to venice california and did a vrbo because we didn't want to like sign a lease and i ended up living two blocks away from the girl i met on hinge that i actually am like wow i'm going to pursue a relationship with her and yeah the world is crazy the universe is huge but small and connects what you got to do and and now we're here in the ocean state and she's like i love it but nice it's it's fun
1: yeah so you besides california you were also in hawaii too for school right
0: yeah so that's kind of where so i was uh quick briefly I, i was always like really motivated and like i don't know what i just always wanted to be like I was so like fascinated with being like an entrepreneur or like trying to like make a lot of money or something like that and um it's very like that's a very shallow point, but that's like what you are you're like late adolescence early twenties you know you're just like hungry um and so I was at school i took like nineteen credits and commuted to u r i so like i was I was working thirty hours a week and like I actually like told my parents, like applying for school, I was so like deflated going URI. Um, but it was all around like, no, I don't want to spend that type of money to go and, and be in a dorm in like my backyard. And I, I was so like against it. Like I didn't embrace it, but cause I had a lot of friends that were doing the same thing. So I don't know if I just try to like push back from doing the norm. And so finally that first, like, and I had a long distance girlfriend at the time. And it was just like, my head was down. I was in the books doing like pre-med. I wanted to be an oral surgeon Dude. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then I started sitting through the seminars where they kept saying, well, you're going to have to average like 30 to 40 hours a week of volunteer time. And I'm thinking like, I already work 30 hours a week. I don't even party and have fun at 18 or whatever. and uh and so it kind of like i had and then calculus dude don't even get me started with like non-applied real world calculus i was just horrible at math never super good at school and uh so i had this big like what do you call it 18 year old life crisis like where i'm like oh my god i've declared my major and i don't want to do it anymore so I actually, in the first semester, I switched over to business uh, calculus, and, and that was like wanting to get into the business school. And so I like, switched my calculus class to like a business calculus, which was like, how much money does Bill Belichick need to hire these three players? And I was like, I know that answer, like, but not, you know what I mean, just yeah. it doesn't have any real world effect. And so from that I started saying, wow, I, I don't necessarily want to be here. And so I remember going to my uh or I was at my friend's frat house. And I said, Hey, I wanna, I wanna rush with you guys. Like I want to be in the frat for next semester and party. And they were like, Oh, you just missed bids. And I was like, What? Like I should have had this like revelation a week sooner and I would have been in. <laughs> and they're like, dude, you just missed rush and like we'd love to have you but it's I, we just can't do anything now because like we already picked we already gave out the bids and we were like snuck you on or whatever but it wouldn't happen so i said no that's fine that's cool like i still went went to like the parties anyway mm-hmm. but um, so at that point i was like well maybe i don't want to just wait because all my friends are going to be frat guys i don't want to just rush by myself because some of them were already at it in the beginning of the year so, I look to go into Australia and I'm sitting down with like the foreign affairs office or student affairs. Uh, and she like gives me the bill and she's like, Yeah, it's going to be around like 35 to 58,000 based off what you want to do. And I was like, Well, I'm. I'm not doing that. Like, that's yeah. no way. What am I going to have? Like any, I'm it's like a broke college kid, dude. I didn't, yeah. I didn't do a specialized thing. I was just a barback. back. And uh, so I kind of laughed and I was like, Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. I'll like circle back like, and, and <laughs> send in my application when I can just too prideful to say, well, I can't afford that. Yeah. Um, but I think she could feel the energy in the room uh and she goes but there's also this thing called national student exchange and to this day i'm like so grateful for that because what i did was i applied immediately where public universities that are from the state like university of california northridge um like uri is a state college um Mm -hmm. so they don't fill every single like C. I mean maybe for like uh coast uh Ocean engineering or something like. Don't come to URI thinking you get a free seat there because it's like filled. It's a specialized thing. Yeah, dude, your entry level journalism, maths, everything. They have extra seats. So, I guess through this organization, they hand out in-state tuition for either one semester or two semesters. So, I ran all the numbers myself, and and my parents really wanted to like subsidize me going into a dorm. They were like, look we and i was like living at home commuting dude i I was just so focused on saving money or or getting the right route and they finally were like we want you to go to uri and live in the dorms and and so the whole time that they were freaking out about what was i going to do or not really freaking out because i was my own person but uh i was already had another plan and i remember the night that my father was sitting at his computer and i walked up and i said hey, uh, dad, um, I wanted to show you something. I, I just got accepted. Like I told them nothing. Yeah. And I got accepted to University of Hawaii as my first one. I think the next one was Northridge or UC Northridge. Okay. Um, and I said, hey, I just got accepted to University of Hawaii. And he was like, that's great. But like, we're not going to pay for that. And I go, no, that's fine. Because um, I'm going to pay for like, my hotel and plane ticket to get out there, but I'm actually saving about $7,000 or so on the total tuition bills from like commuting at URI. And he yeah. goes, he was, you like spun around. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? And so that was the start of it all, man. Then, I, I mean, I worked all summer and it, that like motivated me so much to know I would be in Hawaii on like August, Oh yeah, I think it was like 19, at 19 years old. Um and it was, I dude, I'd never even been to California. Like, and so that was huge for me. And then, uh, from there that just spawned my creativity. I got involved with like some network marketing out there, which is kind of like pyramid schemish. But I mean, I saw kids that were like 21 making 14 grand a month. And I'm like, I gotta like to be around these people. Like they're like, how are they doing this? And, uh, so actually from trying to market myself for this multi-level marketing sort of thing that's when I started realizing that like I was good at marketing um I was good at taking video or doing like lifestyle stuff and like we were just being in the ocean waves and growing up in the water I was never I knew like my limits and like you don't really screw up with nature like it's a powerful force but I had really good friends from Laguna beach and like from all over that were just ready to kind of push themselves and get in water. And it was a good buddy system. And so dude, it all starts with a GoPro. And then, yeah, it's, I mean, I, and I still haven't been back and I don't know why, but I didn't renew as a student because the tuition went up to like 55 grand just for tuition before room and board. And I don't see myself taking out that loan because I've seen these kids making money outside of school that are like dropouts and stuff. And I, it really threw my perspective of school just through this whole like washing. Like if I was gonna be a doctor, I need to be in school. But if I was going to do some business, I don't necessarily need to. And I had some mentors reach out and be like, yo, stop talking bad about school and so now looking back i'm so thankful that i had those people that kind of are there to like check you and be like yo you're not the smartest person in the room always check that out but it expands your mind to show you that like there's so many opportunities in so many different places and hawaii i must say is the best place to be a broke college (laughs) student
1: you must be in paradise so (laughs) wasn't so sick exactly uh which island was it on was on Honolulu
0: yeah it was on yeah right behind Honolulu it was it's uh University of Hawaii at Manoa so it's like we would walk down into Honolulu if we were to go out for a night or something like that and walk back to the dorms but uh and then the cool part is I got an on-campus apartment so it wasn't even like dorm living it was like it, it was more like uh, more advanced than just a normal dorm like you actually yeah. had like a full kitchen and everything so I kind of felt like I skipped the dorm process and just walked into like independent living which was super right. fun I had cool roommates too I was the youngest of the bunch but uh it was a good situation all around
1: that's like I've been to Maui but that's about it but that place was fun
0: yeah I unfortunately I didn't trip around I should have but I went to like San Francisco for Thanksgiving and up to Napa and then journey back for Christmas holidays in New England and then by the time you know it dude it's like you're on a, you're on a plane in May again and you just yeah. go back but it was super motivating to like kind of have to get ripped from paradise cuz it's like you're just on this like thing it's like okay something's gonna end like you don't you got to go to work and then that was like a huge point in my life though where it, it definitely just lit a fire under me that I was like I got to do something
1: that's awesome so you did you not then finish uh, all four years? You just, after that, you just went straight into.
0: Came, Indiana. so I came back July, uh, that next uh, September or whatever. And um, I really was kind of, I was so like fired up, but also disengaged with school. Um, that like, looking back on it now, I didn't try hard to like do, I mean, I sat front row but my mind was probably in a different place than where it should have been, like in the classroom. It's like, great. I wish sitting front row would pass you, but you got to actually pass the like exams and do all that. Like I showed up for my classes, but it finally just was kind of one of those things where it like kicked back. And then that rolled into the second semester. And um, what kind of got me was the second semester, I still didn't get the best grades. Like there were, I got some of the worst grades in my life, like, coming back to college and looking back it's kind of like I just wasn't I didn't want the education so it's like I'm not you're not just smart enough to like wave a magic wand and just get it as and then I'm going into higher level classes so it's more intensive and learning and um but I ended up failing my photography class spring semester and that was kind of like this is ridiculous I was like I can't even an art elective that and again I was swapping out different camera bodies and I mean, it's photography 101. Mm-hmm. But one uh, but when I show my final project, like I kind of like pushed the parameters of the criteria a little bit. Like they asked for like no color photography and it was supposed to be like this big self portraiture project. And yeah. so I took all these photos of myself and self portrait, like we we're supposed to. And then I added two color photos of the scenes that I was in, but, Of like a normal human and then this piece of driftwood that I was posing on a lot and my teacher was like I don't get what the color is and I was like how do you not I'm I'm standing in every other photo like in black and white and then the two photos that aren't colored like I'm not it and it's the real world and so in a smaller class my classmates got it but she didn't and I ended up kind of like egotistically like kind of standing up for myself a little bit and being like well am I done presenting I was like because I'm just gonna leave then like it's summer now this is my last class and I left and so she was like yeah you fail and I was like so be it whatever and uh then I checked my grade and she gave me like a d plus to like pass me through it but it's like I failed and after that it was just kind of like why am I here if I'm not going to kind of Do that so that summer um i went and bought my first uh, dslr kit on amazon and i remember it was like a nikon Uh, i bought it i bought like an extra lens and i just went on youtube once i got it and i learned exactly how to use manual settings in um on that camera and from there it was just free work galore like i was like i didn't care I, i wanted to be the places where photography needed to be done so it, it was just crazy, it was, it was awesome. And everyone tells you don't do free work, but that was the best because I did some free work that I probably wouldn't have paid a lot of money to receive <laughs> as like a client, but that yeah. was the best because those are the moments where it's like, get it out of the way when no expectations are really on the table. Um, yeah. So when payment does start coming in and you kind of feel more confident you've been there before and yeah, it's just serendipitous.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. That's how I was doing a lot. Um, so I would just kind of just, more. I was just more of like an asker, kind of like how I asked you in the podcast. I'm like, hey, can I get some pictures of you? Or, hey, can I help you out in any way? And then uh, made some friends since they were in like uh, plays and stuff. I'm like, hey, if you want, I could do some still shots for you. And what did not charge them any money. It was more so like, I help you out. You have still shots, but it also builds my portfolio. And that way it kind of, like you said, lowers was their expectations? Like I'm not charging all this money for something that you may not even use or enjoy. I got so much practice and, and had so much fun with that, that some of, to this day, some of them are still my favorite pictures. They're not like the greatest pictures, but it just brings me back to like when I was starting that grind and just trying to get to like that creative self that I was, I was searching for.
0: Yeah, it's it's just building demand for yourself. It's like okay, if no one invites you anywhere, then what do you got to start doing to be invited everywhere? You know, right. and it's kind of I still some photographers will ask today. They're like, "How do you get started?" And I'm like, "Get stuff that people need," and then they'll they'll ask you what your rate is, and like yeah. if you if you really want to shoot it, don't shoot them a rate that's over their head because then you yeah. won't be able to shoot it, or then you'll look bad because you're like, "Well, actually." You never want to retract. You know your value, state it. The moment you retract, it's like, oh, so you just called my bluff. And then it's kind of like a weird situational thing, but as you know. So that's yeah. funny because I would say the same too. It's like, it's just like an, in, it's like a weird emotional attachment to like, wow, that photo is like one of my favorites, but I would never really like go and brag about shooting that photo or I wish yeah. I had the raw file. I shot it in a JPEG. Like, oh, right. <laughs>
1: those are always the worst yeah. Like before I realized like oh there's those you have to do that in your camera too like I was such a right. such a noob but it's funny now so how'd that's you get from that and kind of work your way over to like aerial stuff
0: so I, I kind of felt like myself like I was like I was starting to get more noticed of like oh you shoot photography that's great like you're you got a good eye. And I kept saying like, Oh, you got a good eye. You got a good eye. And it's like, not so much money came out of that. It was like, Oh, thank you. It's like the verbal tip. Uh, and so this was about 2016 and, um, something just, so then I, I, I had been working in the restaurant industry and so I I went and got an internship with a, uh, friends a parent's company that or family friends company that is in rhode island and uh it was an internship for um like just systems engineering and systems thinking and it was super cool and the name of that company is vibeco inc if if anyone's in in, interested in systems engineering or i mean like industrial manufacturing uh it's an awesome business uh, and it's phenomenal and it taught me so much. So I had a long time internship where I would just show up there because I wasn't in school. So that's another thing, having great people in your life to kind of like throw opportunity at your way and see if you bite on it. And the opportunity was, Hey, I don't really care if you're in school right now or not. I want you to know if you want to continue, how about you come and do an internship? And it was the best thing because you're surrounded by people that are very smart. And when you're surrounded by smart people, your mind expands. And it's like, maybe that's not what I'm doing today, but it was a crucial part of my life. And so from that, I'm sitting in this desk every day or I'm doing something on the shop floor. And that's where I actually found my mentor. Like the head of their marketing department was a photographer. He'd shoot every single morning before coming to work. And it would be like 7.30 a.m. in the morning when we'd be in uh, like Richmond, Rhode Island. uh, And I'd be like, how did you get out to shoot this morning? I'm like, barely getting here on time. And he's like, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. And I'm like, well, I mean, that like what, 21 years old or something? You're like, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And he's like, I dare you. I want to see some sunrise shots. Let's see it. And it's almost like some person that's like, hey come meet me for sunrise by the the pond. We're going to take some photos. Like nothing cool is happening at the pond, but it's the discipline of getting up, showing up, not being late, and then taking some photos, seeing what you can make out of nothing. And so from that, he taught me so much in post-production and like what you could do. He taught me like raw files and everything. And and he, he was the one who first told me the best quote I ever got. It's like, it does not matter about the equipment it's, if, if you can't use the equipment, none of it matters. And it's because my biggest complaint would be like, well, my camera's not that good. He'd be like, I don't care. And so after a few months of that spring was rolling around, DJI had like released their Phantom three that prior year or whatever. And, um, the Phantom four, had just launched in like March. And, um, so, I, I literally spent the most money like I ever really spent on something for myself. Like my camera was not that much. Like I spent $1,700 on my debit card. Like, or I don't even think I might, like, I, I don't know what it was. Like, it just came over me and I'm like, I'm gonna buy this. Like, what am I, what am I saving this money for anyway? So I just bought it. And that turned out to be like the greatest like investment of my life because that pulled me out of bed at 5 a.m. in the morning for the next like three freaking months and and that was the best time of the year I mean you got like it arrived in like uh, like April uh, I think April 11th was the day I don't know how I can remember the date but like I remember it came in there I queued it up um that night and then the next morning I like flew my first flight and I posted it on Instagram I got to the office super early and I'm like put the file into the computer and shared it. And then from that moment, I said like, Oh my God, like, I don't know anyone else really. That's my close friend with this. So I'm going to be the drone guy. I'm going to show up to anything. I'm going to wake up earlier than everyone and just get these shots from the land that I was already getting, but I'm going to throw a whole new perspective on it. And I don't, I barely touched my, my actual DSLR for like the next, like, I don't know, like year or I would do it here and there. But, um, so after that happened, the next two three months came to be where I was like posting so often as, or as much as I could taking a lot of shots and like, they weren't all great. Like, it's like, you do a lot of learning, like, wow, the sun looks horrible on the water at midday or something like this. And, yeah um but then i got noticed by a startup founder and he said hey um i don't have a drone uh and i need i don't even know if that was maybe it was like the year after um going back like i i should have refreshed my timeline a little bit better but sometime like it had caught wind where like my friends were referring me like, Oh, PJ has a drone. PJ is a photographer with the drone. This is what he does. So it's like almost like they spoke it into existence for me. And, uh, I got connected with a startup founder for like this party app called Yacht Me. And, uh, it's a guy named Barry Hinckley he started in Newport, Rhode Island. And, uh, so he took me under his wing. I just met him one day. Uh, and he goes, Hey, let's go on my boat. And uh, I want you to take some shots. And that was kind of like my I never launched off a boat before. Like it was like so scary. And uh, I did it and he was like, hey, man, this is awesome. However, uh, this startup doesn't have any money to really like pay you because no (laughs) one's on the payroll, really. So it's like, how can I justify just you? Um, But he goes, what I what I can do is, is we could probably like barter something I loved because I said my footage I'm getting is 4k my laptop really isn't good enough uh, to to watch your footage, I'd have to always transfer it or something. He goes, well, you know what, I think for your time and services, let's like transfer you into like a, a new laptop to get you to work. And it will be the company's laptop, but you can use it as much as you want. And I was like, that'd be awesome if you guys can get it. And so that's what he did. And I technically got a new laptop and, uh, and then, yeah, we just shot. He sent me down to like Charleston too, all while working my other full-time job. This was just solely side stuff like at night or on the side. And uh, yeah, it all, it all kind of panned out.
1: Sweet. And then that kind of helped bridge your way over to, cause I think you're at Martin Chase now, like doing like real estate kind of photography and, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that was like, then there's like a span of time where I ended up leaving the professional, like corporate sort of internship world. And uh, I became a server in the restaurant industry again. I re entered the restaurant industry because um, I love the amount of time freedom or the ability to change, swap out your schedule, like how, how that all works. And it also enabled me to shoot sunrise every day. And um, even some sunsets, you know, like in summertime when it's like super early sunrise, super late sunset. Um, And so I worked in the restaurant industry for a number of years and, and sharing like, and continuously getting better. Like at that time I wasn't, who knows if I was ready to just accept contracts or start doing it, but I didn't feel like I was. I wanted to keep getting better. And I would do a little bit of stuff like here and there, um, but it kind of just strategically was feeding people that I knew in the future, I would want to be working with, or I'd be like queuing them up to hire me one day where I said, hey man, I'm the guy with the drone. You hit me up whenever you need it. And so through that domino effect kind of starts going. um, And then it was actually only until last summer, Or not this past one, but the one before, I took the leap of faith. And uh, actually, before COVID, um, or in like October, November, I went to get my real estate license. And um, I said, Hey, I'm going to do real estate and also videography and photography on the side to supplement all my income. Well, I get my real estate license, like I'm licensed with the brokerage in January 2020. um, And then I got actually my mentor helped me get a listing and, uh, we, the house closed on like March twenty, March 20th of 2020. Like it was the world changed. We were shaking hands at all the like open houses. And then like, you go into the under contract and next thing you know, the world's like ending. And so at that moment, I felt so kind of like unsure of what was really going to happen. Um, that I just stuck with my talents and stuff that I'd worked years on. I go, I I just learned real estate, um, but I know how to shoot photography, take video and edit. So I started doing a lot of that for the brokerage and for other people um, in the real estate industry, as well as um, my films like the amateur championships with Mass Golf. They're a phenomenal client that was referred to me. So I had a contract with them to do all their marketing for that up in Massachusetts. So And then in COVID, um, I had my two friends. They said, we were up in Boston one night and they said, yeah, you know what? We should just move to Los Angeles. And I said, dude, I am so down uh, to do that. And uh, I was like, no, but I'm serious. Like, if you guys want to do this, like, let's make an Excel sheet or a Google shared doc and start putting in addresses and like talking budget. What can we spend? When could we leave? gotta let me know and so their jobs went full remote and i queued myself up where i didn't really know so i didn't tell my family or i didn't tell everyone and then on august uh in august 2020 we drove across country and we got a vrbo for like five months in uh venice beach california and um i started my business out there and it was awesome i shot for uh pooh on gucci Maine um and then i wow. did a bunch of other clientele yeah it kind of it's all through instagram now like all that business came from just reaching out via instagram and uh and then having some good connections like uh the guys that set in motion productions they're actually from the east coast but they do awesome work out in la I work with some really big clients so they brought me on a set um or a few different sets to kind of just view everything like see how it works out in the in the the creative capital of the universe, like Los Angeles. And um, and then from there, a lot of restrictions with the COVID stuff started coming in and everything. And it's part of running a business. It's not all glory days out there. I mean, most of my art clientele is all back here. So I'm shipping out stuff to then ship back home. And uh, my mentor again reached out. And next thing you know, I'm kind of in a conversation about accepting a full-time job to be a creative strategist and and run a social media for a really successful real estate brokerage. And so that's when I was talking to my girlfriend and saying, whoa, what's going on? Uh, this is awesome out here. What should we do? And I think just with the climate of like kind of LA with the homelessness and um, I mean, gas was already like four or five bucks a gallon out there. And like, you just it kind of all comes like it's I don't know everything happens for a reason and I realized I was like wow I love like Rhode Island and so I accepted a full-time job I was on a month-to-month uh, lease with like a new my two friends actually went back east um, and I was on a month-to-month in a new apartment and I told my I think I only stayed in my new apartment 17 days and I joked to my <laughs> landlord because he was real estate too uh i was like yo man i was like you can start renting it out but my room's like cleaned out by the 17th of february and i'm back east and i had already paid till march um and he was super chill about it just like good guys and then we uh then it kind of then it brought me back here and that's what i've been doing for the past year and it just came up on my one year anniversary with the company so
1: nice yeah, I guess things happen for a reason, because you could be still over there paying seven, eight dollars for a gallon <laughs> of gas,
0: right? Yeah, I bought I bought a new truck. So I'm like, oh, my God, I wouldn't have bought it in California. But uh, it's it's kind of nice, though, because like California, Rhode Island is just something so special. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like we get a lot of people here that are like, oh, I hate it. It's so annoying it's honestly a melting pot for so many different, I mean, I know so many people that live in California, but are actually from Rhode Island and like, they always come back here like, and they love it. It like pulls on their heartstrings. And I think in the real estate market right now, it's Rhode Island starting to really heat up. It's, I I view it as the total gem in new England. Um, I think we're so privileged to be around like good I mean, the pollution's still a thing. Thank God we have some really nice like coastal access group and like then Save the Bay does amazing work here to like keep our environment clean. But compared to LA and some of the coast of California, it's it's beautiful. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like I pinch myself. I'm like, wow, like you move so far around to realize that like you're in the right place all along. Um, and I mean, who knows what the future holds? Like I love going out different places, but I I always think that this is going to be a home base for me. And it's what most of my portfolio is, man. It's like just the ocean state and the ocean state really sticks with me as something that's like, it's not just a state. It's like a, it's a whole community and, um, where people are so lucky to experience it, whether traveling or living here full time.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I love it out here, but whenever I go home, I just love being back on around, especially like for me, like late summer, like beginning of fall, is like the best time of the year for me, and especially like up in Situate when you got more of the the trees, when you got like the trees changing color, and we don't have the ocean, but we have like the reservoir. And I've done some drone videos stuff from like from that as well. So it just it's always beautiful to go back and um, I, and
0: seasons keep you in check too. You know, it's like yeah. It's nice to get some snow. It's it's right. different with <laughs> the drone. It looks cool.
1: Yeah, I mean that part I don't miss. I don't miss the snow. I could give you that. I, I enjoy having winter, Oh, no, I'm sorry, summer, fall, and then I kinda just blend into spring here, like no snow, but it's nice. Yeah, not bad. But if I wanted to go snowboarding, I just head inlands about a couple hours, I like, can and then hit a mountain out there, so I like having snow when I choose to have it, not when it just shows up unannounced. No more nor'easters. Yeah.
0: I lived in Vail for a year too. But when I was in the restaurant industry, I ski bummed out there for a season. And it was like, now I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I could just go up to pay the prices they're asking up in New Hampshire, Vermont. I'm like, I'm just going to budget and go out and do out west for like 10 days because it's amazing. Yes, yeah. it's crazy, but the surfing here is great. I really hate the cold water, but I've been out there the past couple of weekends, and it's really not that bad as long as you're paddling constantly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and what do you just use like a hooded wetsuit? Like how thick do you usually yeah. go with the wetsuit? I'm,
0: I'm in like a five four um right okay. now. Five four with five mil boots, five mil gloves, and it's pretty manageable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, here I just but have basically no a rash. That's all you need.
0: Here. Yeah, right. That's probably really nice.
1: Yeah, but what were you saying? So I cut you off.
0: No, there's some other, like, there. I, I'm normally, like, if it's super cold... I'm flying the drone and uh, like I have hand warmers and stuff and a big jacket on and stuff. But there's, there's some, there's so many good people in the surf community here that are, and they're super committed. Like no matter if there's a photographer on the beach or not, like they don't care because they love the sport of surfing. Uh, I will admit publicly that I'm more of like, eh, like, uh, I don't mind watching. I like watching other people score. Uh, But it's like super good. I mean, and the weather's nice. I don't mind going out to surf like after you get the sunrise photos or something like that. It's like, give me thirty-five minutes of shooting photos and then cool. I'm I'm good. I'll lock the memory card up for the whole day and just uh enjoy it once the sun goes down. And you you really aren't out in the water anymore. But yeah.
1: Your girlfriend surf?
0: Uh I'll, she can, she's athletic enough too, but I think this summer will be a big uh a big learn for her we did it like once last summer but we really didn't have that many waves but uh what about yours
1: She doesn't but uh, same thing i want to like teach her because uh i think for the better stuff we have to go up to like charleston which is only like, an hour and a half north so it's not too bad
0: but it's wanna... like, it like bali beach up there yeah or... exactly yeah
1: so i was just gonna go to like Costco get like the hundred dollar thunderstorm or wave storm right hundred dollars long boards and it's like all right go crazy
0: it's the best thing in the world <laughs> right.
1: so i mean i've only really went from that to a fun board so it's not like i'm i'm ripping it down down the tubes or anything but i just enjoy just being out in the water
0: yeah it is it's a special thing man it's it's uh and it's meant to be enjoyed by so many different levels it's like very unique thing it's like I remember even out in Hawaii when you're like, you're in the North shore, like we were surfing um, like cakey's and rock piles once. And there was literally like John, John out in the lineup. And it was like, dude, like John, John, I mean, it wasn't big, but it's like, you got, that's the only, like one of the only sports in the world where you can have like debatably some of the top best in the world, like two, like two, 10 feet away from you just like sitting and like talking smack to other people in the water like good talking so like you know what oh, I mean? yeah. just saying to their friends and you're kind of just sitting there like am i in the right place and you're like yes yeah, the ocean <laughs> doesn't have any boundaries so it's, it's pretty interesting
1: oh, i'd be so intimidated yeah I, well
0: I mean, you know, that's when they get every wave they want because you're like yeah, yeah i suck like you were just like them go on a wave and you're like yep i need to learn but yeah now
1: i remember going out because when i was in arizona for a couple years i went to san diego a couple times and i just remember like people telling me like i'll be careful these people are very territorial like if you're not some of the local people that they see all the time they'll like get in your face so i remember going up there with a buddy thinking like, oh, they're going to like shit on me. They know that I'm just like someone visiting and they're not going to want me in rounds. And they were probably like some of the coolest people and like even helping me. Cause I'm not that good. I'm not going to stand here and be like, I'm amazing at surfing. I'm still like in that beginner phase. I just enjoy doing it. But there's like, tell me like when to go. And like, there's like, this one might be a little big. I'll take this one. I'm like, all right. Stuff like that. So yeah, they're, they're, you know, like, uh, chirping at me and stuff too but it was like a like you said like a playful just like this one might be That's a little too big for you I'll, I'll i'll take this one you can watch how it's done kind of stuff but they're like super cool
0: yeah there's definitely like the like being in like even like like the kaiser bowls and stuff like at in like honolulu versus like north shore like in town i mean like and they don't have the waves, like, over the winter, but, like, in the spring and in the in the end of the summer, it can get pretty fun over there. And there's some people that, are like, want people, like, fall and, like, hurt themselves because, like, they'll get out of the water. But then there are other people that, like, you surf with, and they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, Rhode Island. And they're like, yeah, I don't know where that is. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, you know, like, Boston? And they're like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, well, how about New York? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm like it's in between two of them and they're just like oh that's cool like you guys like you guys get waves and i'm like yeah it's the ocean state <laughs> like <laughs> but, uh they hate they hate the california guys that come over that have yeah. no respect and just act like that but there are a lot of people that like encouraging like surfing because it, it's like that was like a way of life for like ancient hawaiians like it's like they pretty much created surfing so oh yeah like what you're not you can't withhold it from the world you might as well share it but it's uh sad to see like what different societal like moments have done to different cultures that are out there and that's the thing that i think people don't talk about as much so everyone's like why do you hate everyone coming out there and it's like because you don't read the history like i took a hawaiian studies class at 7 30 a.m in the morning I don't know why it was that early. That was like the earliest class I've ever taken. But wow.
1: Yeah.
0: A new perspective on like, why do they hate like white guys that are just cocky and arrogant? Whoa, dude. Do the research. Like there's a lot to learn. It's pretty sad.
1: Yeah. No, I I don't know. I'm sure as much as you, but I remember speaking with a local in Maui. And he was super cool, but he was saying there's some people who like may kind of give you a cold shoulder, like not want to converse with you at all, and kind of gave like a brief lesson. I was like, oh, damn, like I completely understand. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, if they give you the cold shoulder, you get the cold shoulder and don't drop it on
1: them. (laughs) I'm like a person too. I'm like, I I would hate to have people hate me. I'm like, I'm trying to make a people pleaser. And it's like, yeah, dude, just. If they're just not having it, just go on with your day. It's it's stuff that like you, it's not your fault, but just like, it's the history, like you said, so.
0: Wise words.
1: So when you are doing like your drone work and stuff of the surfers, do you talk to the surfers afterwards to see if you could like send them like, if you get someone who gets like a sick line, do you? then like hey if you want this i'll I'll give it to you You try and use that as like a in the form of i guess getting paid to do your videos and stuff
0: yeah i don't normally like if the clip is like super super good um and i think i'm going to use it in something for my like and i'm like kind of holding it in a backlog like i'll probably reach out to that guy and like give him a certain like part of it or something like that not the full clip or whatever um but most of the stuff is like throw away like i really just try to like keep i mean cuz you know dude you can just start buying hard drives like it's every single day um oh, yeah. cuz footage gets big when it's in 4k and everything but um i know a lot of the guys out there where if i'm filming where i'm used to um so i'll typically throw it someone's way i mean I don't necessarily like charge for it. Like i definitely could, but I don't feel that that's always like the best, like, I'm a little sour that I don't get the angles of myself (laughs) doing it, but I'm like, you know what, if someone else had that of me and like, I know the person and they're just a good person in the community and stuff, maybe I'll release it first on my profile and like, I'll tag them and be like so-and-so ripping. Um, other times when you realize it's like as you probably know going back into hard drives like i've seen surfing shots from like a few years ago and stuff and i'm like oh my god the amount of progression that i've had so you can't take such like a poor view like i either charge or i give away it's like spread the vibes that you want i feel like so i don't know like you just give it away or like as I said, maybe I'll put it into like a real or I'll try, I'll try to give it to the person as if like, if I want to post it, I'm not just giving you the full raw file and saying, screw you, you got to go and edit yeah. it yourself. So in like, if it's in part of my edit, I can save that clip little separately and give it to someone, um, for surf photos necessarily I typically give it with like my watermark on it. Like I, I put watermarks on a lot of my stuff just with like how digital, Everyone gets away. It's just a way for like brand identity and like people just keep recognizing my content and um, yeah. that's what that's what I do. I'm not really worried like I would rather have someone like s- try and sell my photos under their own name or something online because that that would just build up the damages case like in a in a copyright <laughs> suit or something so. That's yeah. not really what it's about. It's mainly just about like a title to the photo because if someone says that's sick, I've gotten business where people reach out and say, I love your work. Uh, I've seen, I've been watching this area for a while. Um, do you have any other prints of this or I can direct them to my website and that kind of converts the sale. So okay, yeah. I feel with other people, I always ask them to tag me if I send you the stuff um, and that's their way of payment. You know, I, I feel like in the digital way, it's like, as long as you make it apparent who shot it like i would be stoked you can share a really awesome drone clip that's really professional with your network like why would i just keep it on a hard drive and be like sour about not doing that like it's it only does better for us and i think a lot of other photographers it is time consuming so i get that um And there is like a movement that's like pay your surf photographers and everything like that. But a lot of people do it out of love and it should be shared more, you know? I mean, it just brings attention to everyone and I've gotten heat where people are like, Oh, you're the worst for tagging surf line, everything like that. And I'm like, dude, I grew up here. Like I'm not coming into a market that I don't know. Like Narragansett's already blowing up as it is. Like I'm not the one revealing the, the curtain on it um but you get those once you start doing bigger stuff people just they give you their opinion when you didn't ask for it and i don't know i'll tag new england or if the shot's super freaking good and people know if the towers are in the back i'm going to tag Narragansett, or like if it's point judith like there's a lighthouse that's very noticeable <laughs> like so
1: yeah, yeah no cool. i saw it, even this morning i think the ocean state had one of your videos with like the Coast Guard house, so that was pretty sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. That's uh, I love that angle. It's just like that's such a special coast to me. Like I drove like by that every single day on the bus ride to school, and like waking up in different stages of my life and seeing that it makes I'm like so uh, very like blessed and appreciative of mm-hmm. like. Not taking it for granted. Like we take it for granted so long as we're growing up, and then you learn new things and you realize, like, oh my God, like this is this place is amazing. Like I went to Hawaii. I couldn't keep I couldn't keep my mouth shut about how cool it was where I come from. And people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you gotta just experience it. And then I met a lot of people that have moved here and joined the surf community, and they're like, this place is amazing, man. And it's like not just Narragansett in total, but I mean, like anywhere in Rhode Island, um, there's so much diverse culture and like, and landscapes. So it, it's, but that's, that's one of my favorite landmarks. And like, it looks so cool from up above and I don't know, I'll saturate the hell out of it. So if you (laughs) want to just see the towers photos, look at my Instagram. Uh, But I don't know. It's like, I always, I'm like, where should I shoot today? And then I end up, like, shooting there. And I'm like, I hate this. Like, (laughs) I just shot it every day for the past week. Like, But there's always something different you can experiment with.
1: It's cool you say that with the whole, like, and, like, you have that memory of, like, driving past every day for school. Because one of my favorite drone shots is, I don't know how familiar you are with Situate, but we have, like, this little crazy intersection right by the reservoir called Crazy Corners. And... I just took like a top-down shot of just like all the different things. Oh, yeah. And so many people are like, what is this? I'm like, this literally is to me, this is situated. Everyone comes to this intersection, no matter which direction you're going. And it's like one of the coolest like spots when you like go over a bridge to see the reservoir, too. So to me, that's like one of my favorite areas. I've done like other videos too of like more like videos of the, the reservoir, but I really like that.
0: Thing, but like you have like a really good like law of thirds, like it's like you got the is that the reservoir right there?
1: Yeah, so I had like, like the
0: yeah, Mill the yeah, literally like the fork in the road almost, and then like yeah. just green space. You should you got to get that printed, man. Do you have it printed out?
1: Um, I don't, but I do have a copyrighted.
0: Yeah, that's like a that's a that's a super sick one.
1: And then, I mean, I feel bad for the people who are just listening and not watching it. They probably have no idea what we're we're talking about. But, And then, everyone knows, like, this angle of Point Judith.
0: Oh, nice.
1: I got to see. Yeah, I've seen some of yours, too. You're,
0: like, just, like, a
1: little bit off to the right from, like, where I was. I'm, like, it's so crazy. We're, like, probably in the same spot. But it's so much fun. I love it.
0: Well, I feel like, you know, too, like when you're up in the air with like a drone, it's like four feet to the right can be so much more different. It's, it's the same type of photography, but it's very like, I don't know. It's, it's so hard. Like they like, people get a drone and they're like, oh, cool. I'm going to do it. I've seen so many people buy a drone and get fed up because it's not as easy as just popping the drone out and getting the shot. It's like all the oh, yeah. timing. It's a location. The thing that I hate in real estate, and this is like my pet peeve, and I'm sorry it's coming out, is if you are taking photos of a house, like twenty feet to forty-five feet could be the best angle. Like you don't have to go up 120 feet. The house looks small and I can see everyone else next to it. Even if like, even if we're shooting a seven million dollar house, I'm like, ah, see the neighbors, like. It's like just enough for a tripod to be unattainable to get that shot. that is what like can change like a beach scene, like even if it's like you, you, because sometimes the human eye like we feels like we're in an airplane, but like and that's good for those type of shots, like showing the whole coast like I'm sure not a lot of people can like try and depict what Point Judith would look like from x amount of feet away and up but right. And sometimes, just being five feet off where the cliff ends is such a different perspective, but it still could be a handheld if the land was still uh, under your feet right there that that's what I love about the drone. You can just alter so many different perspectives without having to fly like at 400 feet high or without having to do it like so much differently. and but yeah, and I posted a shot the other day of a surfer walking down and I was going to go surfing, but I was like, wow, the lighting's pretty good. Like these are really nice, clean waves. And I want to get a shot that's about like 15 feet above the dunes and you're not allowed to walk in the dunes. So it's like, I'm just going to get one from above. And it's like those little perspective shifts are kind of what fuels me and like lets me shoot places that I've shot. I, I can't tell you how many times. Um, but look at it in a different light every single time because no photo's ever truly the same.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, I totally agree. And I was just going through yours, and it's crazy because I'm looking at that same picture. You're kind of facing towards, uh, what is it, Camp Cronin and, like, that side of the island. But then, like, I'm like, I've never seen, like, what you did, like, of this perspective. Yeah. And then even more so, what I thought was sick, where'd it go? is
0: for the listeners
1: yeah (laughs) and then looking out towards the water like from like because like right below is like the parking lot where i'm always parked my car but i've never actually looked out that way
0: so that photo actually isn't released yet and we'll really like it's on the instagram but it's it's not in my it's not for sale because i i try to like think of like a name and like how to like really brand that photo um but that Specific one like as we're talking about emotionally connects that connects to me so much because that was over the hurricane larry or whatever it was um when i knew there were going to be awesome waves i had to work i had to shoot in i forget where i was where i had to i had to shoot for real estate all day and then i had my own thing at night um and i didn't have any time to go out and surf and it was amazing weather just great clean waves but I told myself, look, those waves are amazing. I'm going to shoot. I like imagined that shot. I go, well, I'm going to try and like, see if I can get a wave to come through. And like, I almost wasted a full battery, like getting that shot. Because when it comes to aerial photography, it's like, even people on handheld, like you sometimes have to wait it out. And 20 minutes out of your battery is like 70% of your like life in the air. And so it's like who in their right mind with the waves going off in other directions, like when do you give up on a shot or when do you hold out and like, know that it's going to come. And that's, that's where art comes into play. Like people, people just think that you like fly that way and like click the photo and like, Oh, PJ got a shot right there. But it's like, no, I was probably doing a flyover and I saw something and I was like, crap, I just missed it. Now I'm going to wait for another huge set. And then you get one photo and you're like, all right, that was good, but I think there could be a bigger set coming. And then like next thing you know, you're getting like the, of the battery's low. So you got to like come yeah. in and then I'm typically going back to that same spot. And I come back into my like post-production. I'm like, PJ, you took like 50 photos of this same like angle and you only got one. Like you yeah. got the one needed, you and you just waited out, you got greedy, but yeah. nice. That's a that's a dope one. I, I love that one too.
1: Yeah, I like that one, but I think my favorite out of all of yours is the one you did with Amp Surf for like the
0: 9-11. Yeah, that was, that one, that was so t- sick. That was just the unit that was God. Like I, I personally believe in God. If someone doesn't, whatever, it's energy, the universe. But that that was amazing because there were two drone ops. It was myself and someone else someone else was filming for uh the organization specifically i was like a private hire but i gave some of these photos to amser or the coordinator um and so as a drone op on the beach we're communicating in like all right i'm 500 um i'm uh about 500 feet out uh uh we're like i'm 35 agl like uh, all right i'm i'm headed up i'm entering right above head i'm going into 130 all right, cool. You got a free window. I'm down at 50. Um, and so we're coordinating. and he said, all right, because I just gave, I wasn't going to be that guy that's like, no, I want the first photo. And so I let him do his thing. But as the paddle started to break, it was like, and dude, I'm alone on a beach while everyone else is like out there doing it. And I'm like a kid in a candy store, like, just like, Oh my God. Like, holy cow this is gonna be absolutely amazing you know when you take a shot and you're like oh my god i cannot wait to bring this in the light room this is gonna be amazing that that i can't even explain it because i'm just like sitting there and then finally they all get out and i'm just like guys did you see that it was like a heart and they're like, what? I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> it's so special. But that, one yeah. was, that was cool because then 20th anniversary, and I'm sure you probably remember where you were for 9-11. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a sister that was born February 2001. And the grade after her weren't even born. She graduated high school two years ago. And now the kids that graduated last year didn't even experience, they weren't on earth them yeah. So that was just like a special thing. And it was a big tribute in like honor of all the families, the first responders, everyone that we lost that day and crazy. So that's why I named it Never Forget. It was the easiest name oh, that yeah. I could ever think of, uh, ever. That was like, all right, next. <laughs> like I know what that one called. So that one hangs up like in my own personal gallery too. That's like a special one. So. And I people normally see it, and they're like, "I love it." But if if you also know the the meaning behind it and like the situation, it get that's why it's even better. So yeah, well, that's why it caught my eye because I got
1: sick, and then when I read the caption, that's why I think. I mean, I haven't gone through all of your stuff. You have a you have a ton of stuff. But like just through the research, that was my favorite one because like I come and I'm personally a very patriotic person. I come from like a patriarch family. And like you said, I remember vividly being in fourth grade uh, Miss Angelotti's class at Clayville Elementary in situate and just like when everything was going down like and like you wow. said it's crazy to think because my girlfriend's uh preschool teacher and it's like these kids are so young that they obviously were only born four years ago let alone what happened back in 2001 like they have no idea of like that kind of stuff which I guess is a good thing if you look at it in a certain way but
0: that's the whole point of that. Like organization is or the whole never forget association or the, or I think it's organization or whatever, but I, it, it's sharing the story. That's like the day, like, I literally remember my dad saying like that this is the world has changed forever today, PJ. And I'm just kind of like, what? Yeah. Like I don't understand. And then now you realize like what it was, but it is, it, it, you, I even speaking to P- kids younger than us, like they don't really understand it as much. And I'm kind of like, mm. no, it was a, it was like a big deal. Like, I watched The Towers hit on a TV screen. And I had no idea what it... It could have been Hollywood, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know. But the way that everyone was acting and the energy, it was like, yo, someone's up. And
1: oh, yeah. It was extra scary because my dad's brother was, like, living and I think at the time working, not even, like, 10 blocks from where I was at. So... Thankfully, like before they fell, he already like was already on his way out. But like there was like that moment. This is before iPhones, so he maybe had like this like a little brick like Nokia. But it was just kind of like a we have no idea what's going on. Where he's just probably like, I'm getting out, but we couldn't get in contact. So I just remember my parents just like it was a whole thing. And it was like a fourth grade at the time. He had no idea it was understanding, but it was like ingraining in the back of your head like, like something's up.
0: kind of like that's where I think we probably learn like our generation or the generations in that age group like really learn like intuition like everyone is like trying to act like everything's all right but like something is like off and that's like almost the most vivid memory like what you're saying we like knew where we were because we knew that like where we were was where we were supposed to be at that moment but not like something was off about it so I don't know. It's just crazy, but AMP and, and serve a great group of guys and and girls, and it's it's awesome. The cause is awesome, and doing a tribute for like people that on that day was so special. And yeah, it out. Yeah,
1: that's sweet. Another thing that's cool. I'm not sure if you filmed it or if you just shared it. It was maybe yesterday, two days ago. I think it was through Mont and Chase. It was like a. Seal that was rehabbed. I got Mystic Aquarium, and then was brought back out.
0: Yeah. So with mine, Chase, um, we love getting like involved with different community events and stuff like that. And that was actually through another one of our agents uh, who resides in Charlestown, and that was at Blue Shutters Beach. Um, but uh, Mystic Aquarium does phenomenal job their animal rescue team of rehabilitating these seals. So that one was found on Mesquamakit um, kind of unresponsive, wasn't eating in, in anything. So they took it in. And uh, I think it was 70 pounds uh, going wow. back into the ocean. So that, that was like a really cool um, and thing. And that that's like the fun part of the job because real estate, it, it's not just selling homes for the highest price. I mean, I mean, it's helping someone get the best for their asset or, or helping someone find a great buy on an asset they want to accrue but it's also like in being involved and serving people within the communities that we that we choose to buy and live within you know it's like Mm -hmm. and so those kind of things especially in a market where like we could be talking what's on the market what's not and how hot it is but um it's really a people business and like being able to show people that like that goes on and we have seals it's like another way like like I've been to California many times I bet they have that but like it's not like a small it's like a small town feel almost but there were like 60 people there watching and it was super cool everyone like little kids clapping and it's like I wish I was seven years old watching that like imagine what like you would do as a seven-year-old just seeing those kind of events in life and like not just i don't know it was a school day and like some kids maybe they didn't go to school because their parents dropped them off late because like that's what life's about seeing those moments and and seeing like what the world is you know so that was a that was cool but it was freezing on the beach too so like at that, it was <laughs> like to say i go that seal probably has some good weathering like with all its natural abilities but it didn't look like it wanted to go in the water at first but once it did it was swimming like uh it was so happy to be out there so
1: that's awesome And did you did yeah. you film that that video that was put on instagram
0: yeah we filmed, i filmed that on like a little iphone with like a gimbal so
1: okay cool yeah, because I was looking at other things that you did, like, besides, like, the aerial stuff. Um, And I saw that you've done, like, music videos, too. I thought that was pretty yeah. sweet.
0: Yeah, so I've done, I still do do, like, camera handheld work. But most of, like, my passion lies in aerial. And with, like, my credentials to fly in controlled airspace and different stuff like that, I try to just focus on that because... I have a lot of other friends that are very talented videographers and everything, but, um, yeah, I mean, it all started with handheld photography and like even events. I mean, I remember, um, if you know, Camden Murphy, uh, Mm -hmm. and Ben O'Connor, those are two artists that are really local, uh, that are awesome. I also worked with another local artist at Sound Nashville now, Daisy Briggs. Um, but there's a really cool like melting pot of people in Rhode Island that do creative work. And so, Camden and Ben um I've worked with on multiple projects and uh Camden actually brought me to one of his uh concerts and he was opening for Felly. Do you know Felly?
1: Sounds familiar but I don't know if I've I've
0: listened. No. I used to listen to him. He was just uh like kind of like he was a rapper but I don't know he has this very it's a it's his own style. It's beautiful and um Okay. But he was from Marion, Connecticut. And then now he's like out in LA doing his thing. But that was so cool because for me, I was like, oh man, I get to be backstage. And then I get to be on stage shooting one of my friends and then also then Feli like in, and so it was super cool. And then watching different artists progress too. um, You know, it's, it's always nice being around passionate people because like it motivates you yourself and you just are really like proud of what people do. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard of him, but I know like Mike Studd, he's a local, but he's out in yeah. California now. But yeah, I was looking and I saw, I watched one of some of the Camden Murphy music videos and I didn't realize I've listened to some of his songs for like a couple of years now. I didn't realize he was a local guy because I really like, yeah. I don't know if you know the song, like Smoothie and Red Sun. Yep. I had Red that Sun. literally, I literally have that on like my surf like, surfing, like, pump up to go surfing playlist. I'm like, That's please awesome. he's a local dude? I had no idea. Yeah, So I thought that was so you know, cool.
0: It was so funny. Um, when I was out in L.A., I put on spilled paint for uh, uh, my girlfriend in the car once. And, like, we started jamming, and it, like, got put on to, like, our playlist. And, like, we loved jamming it. So I was sending it to him there. But um, then we did a really awesome... uh music video where he released or not even music video, it's like a promo video. Um, cause Dave Dockerty um and his crew and uh, and Pat Murphy did like behind the scenes. He's another, he's a gallery owner of King's Sons and Friends. Um, but it's a really good crew and like when you're in the creative community, you get you, you just meet all these people. And so I think I actually met Camden through Pat and then his videographer for the original spill paint video. Um I don't know It's like so different but it's it's beautiful like in the the promo scene that we had like it was such a cool vibe because like the song had already done like a million streams and it's like we were trying to release like the next remix of it and then um I filmed some aerial stuff for like the Thames music video that came out um and that was super cool and yeah it's just like watching where everyone progresses and then the year before that, uh, Ben O'Connor and I actually filmed uh, this song that Camden and him both did together called Newport, and the vibe of it was being from like Newport as like a home base, but they both traveled like and gone around different areas and like had their environments inspire them, but Newport was like a home, so that was a special project because I'm not an island boy, I'm a mainlander, I say, but uh, yeah. um, coming from from two islanders uh it's cool to always like create and be in a small community like that it's, it's a bunch of fun
1: yeah that's awesome that's sick all right i'm trying to think about any other questions i have like my list of notes right here well i guess one thing i guess before we get to the end is with you doing all that surf shots and i was even seeing you do some cool shots of like it seems like you're so close with people at as they're surfing, like, almost right above their head. But have you, like, crashed your drone or, like, gotten to, like, wet at all or had any, like, bad mishaps?
0: Well, uh, pro- back in, like, 2016, I mean, put it this way. Disclaimer, like, you should only be flying drone routes and operations that you are confident that you can achieve. And when it comes down to hitting like someone or an object, like you better be ready to throw your investment in the water. Like I'm ready at any moment. Like if someone ever came awry, like that's what they teach remote pilots, like risk mitigation. So it really is about like moving yours. Like you're the per, you're the film guy, you know. Like the actor always hits the filmer, right? And it's not like the the filmer gets to hit the actor. It's always like you gotta you gotta yield to them. But, um, I carry an insurance policy and I'm also very confident in my abilities. And some of that is a little cropped in on some where it looks like you're closer, but I have a visual line of sight on my drone when I'm doing most of that. So you, you can, you know, how much, like I can't, I don't even know the amount of flight hours that I have under my belt, but through that practice and and things have gone wrong. I've hit trees before, or I've, I've gotten caught in the mist or something, or I've downed drones in the ocean before I've probably gone through about like four of them, but um, I've never had collisions with people. And I really don't plan to, yeah. but it is uh, it, it's a, it's a practice. I mean, you really got to start when, for the days that it's the best, you got to have put in the hours when, you really can control more of your environment because just as a risk, like mitigator, it's not the environment's job to alleviate risk for you. Like if you're flying in that, you have to understand what wind drafts are. You have to understand that like inertia happens where your, your drone doesn't just stop. Um, so, and you all, and I think being a surfer myself I'm able to predict more of those moments. So it really helps me get as close as I can safely be um, to them. But yeah, there's nothing worse than having like a a drone that really doesn't know what they're doing like above you because it is kind of scary. That stuff can lacerate you, but that's why legally you're not supposed to fly over people um, unless they're directly participating in the uh, flight operation. And so with some of my friends, if I don't know the person like filming, like that I'm filming, I'll almost give them like more leeway because at just out of respect, like I'm not even doing anything wrong. But sometimes if my friend is like, yo, I want you to get as close as possible to me, I'll be like, all right, game on. Like, because I know how close is like in, like, if I have to move to the left or right, like, we'll do it, we'll do it whatever we can safely. And that's, that's the goal of like a pilot. And I feel like there's a lot of legislation pending right now in the drone industry that will hopefully make it harder for amateur pilots and people that don't really respect the laws um, to have a harder time getting permits or to have a harder time getting a a certificate of insurance from a a insurance company for their flight paths and everything like that Um, because being out in LA it, it you realize like you can make a lot of money doing this but you can also like get yourself in a lot of lawsuits you can also like ruin different things property or like injure people because this is like a risk that's flying through the air it's like you're normally handling your camera in your hand but with a drone it's different and it's something that as it gets more adopted you have people breaking them like stuff but I don't know. I'm I'm glad I got into it early because you kind of go through the motions of understanding what's safe, what's not, what kind of trouble you can get into, how fast fog moves along water and stuff like that. Um, but just as like a normal pilot would be, I mean, I'm not anywhere as classified as a normal pilot, but going into the moment that you launch until the moment that you safely land, uh, you always got to be thinking about like what happens if I have to abort option A and move to option b and then what would happen if option b goes awry and i have to move to option c um that that's just what comes along with the territory but yeah never never hit anyone uh and all those close angles are really from just like years and years of practice and kind of confidence of knowing and seeing how high the drone is and you really feel like you're a lot closer when you're looking through that. So it scares a lot of people. Um, but that's why like with visual line of sight, like it really helps where sometimes I'm not even looking at what's going through my camera. I'm just actually watching my drone because I know that I set myself up in the right trajectory where my framing will get whatever I'm trying to get and it's mainly just about like a straight path back or kind of like reading the wave while watching the displacement of the drone. Um, so you can capture everything on film. That's awesome.
1: Cause I think one thing people don't really understand and it took me a while to learn is even like your thumbs just like the slightest movement can like, like I, it took me so long to slowly like when you're trying to like a panning shot just to, like slowly just push those handles. Cause you can't just like turn left and like slowly I mean, now they have a cinematic mode where it's a little bit easier, but when I was first
0: doing it, when you try to do it like with a computer, I mean, that's where things get scary because like with your cinematic mode, if you really have to like go forward real quick, because you realize there's something behind you or to your side, you better hope the sensors do something for you. But there aren't the sensors on the left and the right of these drones. I mean, it going at that speed or if you're in sport mode, you're not doing it. So that's what that a a naive pilot wouldn't realize, but like you flying in it, you're like, yeah, it doesn't stop that quick. So it's, that's a good point that you bring up on that.
1: Yeah. And me personally, I've only crashed once, but that was me being a little bit cocky. It was actually out in uh, Arizona. There's this uh, place in Tempe called hole in the wall. And it's like this cool little like rock formation. There's like a hole in the middle of it. And I thought I could fly right through and I'm gonna fly the same way backwards. And just like that slight adjustment, I didn't realize I made him going backwards and and it just crashed. And I was like, shit. And my propellers are all over the place. And I was a Mavic Pro, but now I just have like a Mavic Mini. And just it's, I'm a lot more cautious this time. We'll just say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, DJI Care is like the best thing always buy that when you get a get a new drone. but after the year get the refresh and then after that you should just get a new drone.
1: yeah First start. Sure. all right well i think that's all i
0: had for you i appreciate you again
1: for responding to some random kid on instagram asking to be on his podcast so
0: of course man that's what it is you get get told no more and the next thing you know you get told yes i'm like hell yeah i like the name <laughs> hell yeah but no, you got you got a good vibe, man. And uh Thank you got it. you take some good shots too. So keep up the great Appreciate work. It. It's it's always good to build new connections and stuff. So are you in the uh NFT space at all? Like you in crypto at all?
1: I am not, but I saw the one that you just got. So I thought that was pretty well, sick.
0: We'll we'll do like another podcast sometime down the road and uh hopefully I'll I'll have an NFT project launched by then or we'll communicate on something and uh and do like a web three um sort of thing for for all the people that want to learn more and stuff
1: oh yeah that's that's awesome i'm down for that be awesome all right and uh before we go just for people who might have haven't heard of you uh, where's like the best place to check you out website social stuff like that
0: yeah you can go on to pjdoherty.com uh check out my full portfolio go and print and products sell different prints of all my work um and then you can also just go to instagram or and do pj.doherty or go to facebook Doherty photo and yeah. uh yeah, yeah reach out to me anytime
1: yeah you got a you got a puzzle too i saw nice cool like 500 piece puzzle
0: yeah we got a bunch of those if you there's i think i think we got 20 different renditions of it and uh then I'm watching a couple new cover books like I did one this year called the ocean state so coming in this summer I'm once we get through this spring season it's kind of like the final final uh approvals and everything on what the products actually look like but um we're gonna have like a a Rhode Island coffee table book series coming soon so those will be out um, probably in the next month or so available for purchase so
1: probably to will cool. try to get that i'm always looking for cool coffee table books so
0: yeah it's something that's like everyone's usually on their phones let's give people a reason to like put them down and like just sip a coffee and and look at like some cool imagery and or even share with friends like around the world so
1: oh yeah definitely all right well thanks pj i appreciate it
0: good stuff chase thanks a lot man
1: yeah no problem have a good night
0: gotcha.